Hey, you know, the funny thing is that we couldn't, we were thinking about a name for this show, right? We came up with Chaos Theory, but the first thing that we actually came up with was talking shit. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have stayed with that. And you know, Wags, what, what's so weird when, when I was in there, take I guess that I, damn glove off. I may just, I may just leave it like Michael Jackson. Maybe I'll get up and do the moonwalk and shit while we're doing uh, There's that word again. So, you know, the funny thing is when, when I was in junior high and high school, and this was back in the eighties, and I know this is, isn't how they do it now. We would go in and they would bring us all in before football season for our physicals. You know, yeah. when, when they would check our nuts and all, and we would just like stand in line. That's you it. just all all stood in line and you walked up and you pulled doctor whatever had a field out. day doctor yeah. had a field day just looking at nuts all day moose knuckle all day so i'm sure they don't do that now i, I don't know how they do it i don't now. know i you know i don't the last time i went to one we stood in line and we did that that sort of fashion uh you know turn your head to the left cough twice huh, huh. yeah oh guess what you don't have a hernia thank you for letting me check your balls <laughs> how'd you figure that one out i could have yeah. told you i didn't have a hernia yeah, and it's like, and the dude used the same glove all the time. Which, <laughs> yeah. which that seems yeah, everything down there is just sterile, all, you know, yeah. already, isn't it? You know, I mean, how that's pretty get, normal. How did to me. we get on the topic of talking shit? Like we they were talking sports just ten minutes ago, and then all of a sudden it just goes into the shit talk. I, I don't. Well, it's another airplane story. It's another airplane story. You know, talking about know. people when when that happens, and 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 I totally get that. But I've never taken a shit on an airplane. I would imagine that that's that's pretty uncomfortable. I usually, if I'm traveling early in the morning, I'll yeah. get coffee or something, or depending what if it's after seven, maybe a beer, and go over there. And before I get before I get on the plane, you know, I'll go try to squeeze one out just in case. I mean, so you never know when that's going to get you. I think I usually, regardless of what time of day it is, when I'm in an airport, I always get a beer. I'm pretty sure. What's up, Ruse? Um, I'm pretty sure I usually get a beer. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's seven in the morning. Like, uh, if they're serving, if they will serve me alcohol, I usually serve alcohol or I usually get alcohol just because it, like one beer will help me sleep a little better, take a little bit better, fall asleep on the plane. I don't know if there's going to be shit on the plane or not. If there's shit on the plane, I probably won't be sleeping. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, like, usually I will. I will stop into like a bar and grill or whatever and grab a yeah. beer or grab an, you know, an alcoholic beverage of some sort just to kind of help me fall back under a little bit to kind of ease my, my tensions as I fly. I don't, I don't like to fly, man. Um, and I've said this from time to time. I don't like waiting on the airline, uh, the airlines anymore. I don't like waiting on their staff. I don't like having to deal yeah. with half the people that fly that fly. Now um, people are just rude. Uh, I don't like dealing with, if I pay for my seat, I don't want to deal with somebody that can't fit in their seat. Um, what else? Uh, and also, I, I like to be able to travel at my convenience. I, if I no. want to get out and take like a little bit of a break and walk around for five minutes and stretch, that's what I like to do. So usually if I go back to Maryland, I, I drive. I don't fly. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, my God, are you nuts? It takes you forever. You're going to lose like a day and a half just in driving. Yeah, but you know what? I'll get to see the damn country. I've seen all of Iraq and Afghanistan, but I haven't seen any of my country. So yeah you know it is what it is i was for for a long time wags i, I was a very uneasy flyer and, and i mean it's kind of to your point right there about with having a beer or or something um i did that now i do it just out of habit because i've always done it but now just with the volume of, of flights that i take i mean i do travel around a lot for racing stuff it's it's kind of class oh, God, no who are you dealing with here man 
<laughs> no, no, dude. I'm in the back of the plane. I, I'm I'm right up against the shitter, man. They they put me back in that seat. You know, I, dude. I, I I go to cheapair.com. That's how I plan all my stuff. And you know, which is stupid. Which this is just how how, dude. I got to get my shit together because it's like all of these. So so when I go on these racing trips, they compensate me for my flights, and I booked the raggedy ass worst seat in the house. Uh, I don't know. I, I just got to get. That, you know, it's like even with hotels. When I travel, I book the jankiest hotels, man. I'll stay anywhere. Oh man, see, then I'll, I'll I'll get a good hotel. I've never paid for first class, but I've flown first class before. On a like when we were coming back from, uh, I think it was the second time I went to Iraq during Fallujah. When we were coming back, they allowed us to sit in first class, which was wild, man. So yeah. I thought that was that was one of the first cool. experiences I've ever had with first class. I was like, oh my god, I can actually stretch out here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you go to you go to pay for a first class fl- flight, and you're paying what a thousand dollars. Well, I don't well, I don't know how much a, a you know a first class fl- flight is. I don't even know how much a flight is. Anymore. Well, but, but the, the the other the other alternative is you can be the one. <laughs> Excuse me, too. You can be the one that that gets um. What do they call it? Like like where you're the flyer one. Miles, that, well, no, miles. where people where you have to help people off the plane because they put you in the uh, what is that? Oh, the, in the, the aisle. In the yeah. aisle. Like, yeah, yeah, but that, that, man, people. The, half the time, room. man, I go to the people that are in the aisle lanes and shit, and they can't even pick up themselves, let alone someone Dude. else. So <laughs> I was <laughs> I was on one of those little bitty ass planes. I was flying to I was flying to Pensacola and, and they were like walking around. They were walking around asking those people in, in that lane or in that aisle. They're like, so are you OK with doing this job? And there's this one old dude sitting there and he's like, eh? I'm like, OK, oh, sure. I feel great. Sure, I can help everybody. Yeah, yeah shutting. Huh? Sure. Huh? I'm like, yeah, this some bitch goes down. Um, that dude has my ass, and I yeah, have a lot of it. ass. Uh, flights are definitely too much nowadays, yeah, Jake. That's for much. sure. That's that's, that's especially that's half the reason why I don't fly. Like the other half is um, the people that that fly with me, and the other half because there's three halves there are just you know me being able to do routine stuff and and whatnot. Yeah, man. Usually, dude, I will drive everywhere. I've driven to Tahoe before. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, yeah. I will not. I won't fly. And even even though you can fly right into Reno there and then just travel yeah. over to Tahoe, nah, man. Hey, Wag, so, I will so, drive. So, so myself also, I do a lot of driving. Um, you know, whether it's a real estate business or or this, you know, the other stuff that I'm into. Um, do you get overly attached to your vehicles? Yesterday, so you yeah. wait, wait Monday. So Monday, so you know, we had all the hail damage and everything. 2019 Toyota Corolla or Toyota Corolla, Toyota Camry, solid car, man. Um, 78,000 miles. This car has gotten me home at, at just so many different times, been all around the country, got all beat up by hail damage. They came, they came and got her. Her name was Charlie charcoal gray that they, they came and got you name her. your vehicles. Oh, I name every vehicle, every vehicle. I got another Toyota and her name is Taylor. You know why Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. And this is my fourth Toyota. This is my fourth. The, the era continues. The era continues. But the whole thing is, Wags, they came and got that Camry, and they're, like, driving her up on the back of the slide truck, and I, I'm, like, sad. And the dude's like, I don't need anything else from you. I'm like, man, I have to watch her leave, you know? She's she's done a lot I can't believe you named your, I can't believe you named your cars, let alone named them one Taylor Swift. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Or after Taylor Swift. Rodney, you, um, I don't know, man card? Can I? Can I get your man card for that? 
I always have it right here. Ring your damn bell. Ring your damn bell. All right. I always have it ready. I always have it. Let's get into some sports. The the sports ball that was around America last night and around the world. Oh man, I'm anybody checking on Merrill Kelly? Is Merrill Kelly okay? Oh man. That um I, I, Phillies zero. The Phillies blanked the Diamondbacks last night, um, just getting a win in an emphatic fashion. And guess what? Kyle Schwarber seems to have waken up his bat because the dude that yeah. was struggling going into the, or in the postseason hit two more home runs last night. Uh, the Phillies are awake. They are thriving. Uh, we talked about you know having the Rangers as the hottest team in baseball. Well, guess what? You know, the Phillies said, not so fast, my friends. I got something for you, Wags. They answered last night. Definitely answered the call. Phillies look great, man. Now shaping up. They got a two-game lead. Rangers got a two-game lead. Looks like these are the two best teams in baseball currently right now. Of course, momentum doesn't get held in baseball. We, we all know that. But still, man, these guys are popping. And, and you know, I, th- I think a lot of it is, you know, kind of with Arizona, you know, it was one of those things where we talked about Arizona coming in. I, I mean, the, the slipper has fallen off. Yeah, yeah there it is. I mean, Jake, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if we gave Arizona too much credit. I just, I don't think, I know I didn't get to see too much of Arizona all year long just because they played in, they play in the Midwest and, you know, mm-hmm. the market's kind of mid, to be honest with you. And you don't really. Dodgers. The only time that I stay up to watch West Coast baseball is when I was watching the Dodgers or or San Francisco or uh, you know or or another club out there trying to make a run at this thing, man. I didn't really give too much credit to uh, the Diamondbacks until I saw them in in what probably three weeks before the the season ended, and then I'm just yeah. like, all right, you know, I, I knew that they had some hitters. I knew Galen was was okay, but I mean, I, I didn't know in depth the rest of the roster or the rest of their their bullpen, but I mean, I don't think that we gave too much credit to the Diamondbacks. I think they're one hell of a club. I think, I, I mean, hell, you're you're talking about a a club, the Phillies, that struggled to win 90 games, and now they're the hottest team or one of the hottest teams uh, remaining in Major League. I know there's only four of them left, but, I mean, yeah. you know, like we were talking about, the cream always rises to the top, and it sure shit seems to be the Philadelphia Phillies at the most part for the Nationals, uh, for the National League. I mean, being able to, to battle through and, and just – batter the bravos so to speak uh from atlanta there i mean this team has proven themselves to be a powerhouse man and they're a juggernaut no it 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 does feel a lot like that that last um regular season series that that the diamondbacks had with houston um you, you know where where houston exposed them and you know the bats woke up and and that's really what what we're seeing right here but but philadelphia man they have uh Nola, dude, it's it's their pitching, man. Wheeler was fantastic last night. Nola's yeah. tremendous last night, or excuse me, Wheeler was tremendous two nights ago. Nola fantastic last night. I, I mean, if you're gonna wheel out aces that just keep throwing you six scoreless frames, shit, Rodney, yeah. that's a that's a great recipe for success. That's that's the whole thing. You know, when when you when you get, I mean, it used to be with the Astros, you know, a couple of years ago to where um, you know, that, that pitching was just rock solid all the time, you know, winning, you know, a hundred games or whatever it was, it used to be, I'd sit there and watch an Astros game and it's like, okay, you get a home run, you get a solo home run, whatever it is. If you're that, that team Philadelphia right now, you, you get one or two solo home runs, two to nothing. Okay. You, you got what you need. I mean, because you're, you're pitching and your bullpen they're they're going to shut everybody down. 
And that's um, that's really what they're doing right here. I don't think this is really a knock against Arizona. I mean, because Arizona has just done a massive job to get themselves into the playoffs. And and again, we talked about, you know, the turnaround with the Diamondbacks. I think this is more a story of how really damn good the Phillies are. And yeah. and again, they're they're primed up and they're rolling at the right time, dude. I mean, they're yeah, I mean, they're they're in that fifth gear right now. And it's so important. And you got to credit Kelly. He tried to stop the damage as much as, much as possible. He is uh, credited for giving up four earned last night. But, I mean, it just – it got bad. He thought he was going to be able to battle through the sixth, but wasn't able to get through it, man. Knocked around, tattooed. And then, of course, you know, the Phillies were able to wake up and, and get him in the seventh again. So, uh, it's a team that can battle late in games as well. And it's a team that – I mean, hell, you've seen what they can do striking on the first pitch of the series. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at, look at, look at Philadelphia and look at the Rangers, like you said, right now, <clears throat> damn it. Sorry. Okay. Um, look at them right now. Um, they look alike. <laughs> I mean, and you think about it, I mean, if it, if it ends up, if that ends up being your world series, man, this is going to be, um, this is going to be a lot of fun. Cause you got a lot of lumber that's being pulled out and you've got really good pitching. And that's, that's where these games where, you know, 10 to nothing, whatever the case may be, you know, they're, they're going to turn into defensive battles and you're going to win with pitching and you're going to win with no errors. You're going to win with clutch plays, which, which both of these teams are making. I mean, you go back to, to the Rangers, I mean, with Carter making that massive play right there, you know, I, I, that took a lot of steam out of the Astros. It seemed like with that thing, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can, if they can revive that, but, I mean, Philadelphia, man, they're just lights out right now. I mean, they're they're just – there's not anything that they're doing wrong. And, again, that's not a knock against the D-bags. No, no, it's not. Hey, real quick, uh, NFL news. We got an injury update for those of you guys that have the number one running back in fantasy football, Christian McCaffrey. Good news for you. Uh, he went un underwent an MRI and results came back negative. Uh, he suffered an oblique rib injuries on Sunday's loss. He will be able to play next week so samuel yeah. however uh was forced to leave suffered and it looked like an ankle sprain at the time we're still getting more injury updates on him there but yeah dude talked about the best team in football san francisco 49ers getting banged up just a little bit but able to keep their best running back and by the way if christian mccaffrey goes down it's not like he doesn't have a plug and play system there in san francisco man well, he finally got hurt. Remember, we were talking about that last week. It was like with Carolina, he was hurt all the time. Um, do, uh, well, dude, so when, he gets, so when, when he gets you know, 25 to 30 totes a game, he's probably going to get nicked up and banged up. You're going to get nicked up. You're going to get banged up. Um, man, I was surprised. Julio Jones to the Eagles. Yeah, it was how about like, that? I kind of forgotten about him. And it was one of these things where it's like, I saw that flash across yesterday, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. Um I don't does know that move the needle for? Does it move the needle for you if you're if you're Philly? Now I know when I know when Brown when AJ Brown was on Tennessee, he was a big recruiter for Julio Jones coming yeah. to Tennessee and being a Titan there. So there seems to be a really good connection between those two, or a really good friendship. AJ Brown has said that Julio Jones was one of his one of his favorite wide receivers in the past, and that he loved watching and he you know. Julio Jones turned into the mentor, man. It's 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 yeah. so crazy that we're talking about Julio Jones and the mentorship, or in his latter port, latter portion, or his exit out of the career, out of his NFL career, because it was almost like yesterday we were talking about Roddy White mentoring uh, yeah. Julio Jones. So it, it, Atlanta's had tremendous success at the wide receiver position. You'd think that Drake London and, or excuse me, that uh, that London Drake London, that uh, London and um, 
Pitts will be able to kind of emerge into the next type of of decent wide receivers for uh for Atlanta. But yeah, I mean, you know, over to Philly, you know, Julio comes over to Philly, jo- joins AJ Brown. I thought they had a tremendous receiving core as it is with uh with Smith as well there. I don't know how much hype or points he'll be able to get in terms of a fantasy relevance for for Julio Jones. I think he's just going to be able to make some plays here and there for the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe if somebody goes down, maybe give you some red zone potential. Got you know adding him and Goddard in the red zone there gives you a little bit of height. But uh, still, man, I don't know how much is left in the tank for Julio Jones. I'd love to hear your thoughts. He's he's 34. Uh, you know, he's 34 years old. I mean, I guess you can think, you know, in this modern NFL, you know, maybe that that that, that time has passed him by. He hasn't played. Uh, what was he Tampa Bay? I think he played for Tampa Bay um, last year um, at one point I mean, or a couple of years ago, but didn't really get too many yeah. reps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 24, 24 passes, 299 yards, a couple of touchdowns. So, so him coming back in, you know, you know, with these guys, obviously, I mean, he's going to, he's going to hit the practice squad. I think they'll elevate him uh, rather quickly, but this is a lot of times where we see, you know, wags when you, when you get somebody that comes off the shelf like this, I mean, we were talking about the linemen, you know, the other day they come off the shelf right like this and you're going to plug them into, into this kind of system. I mean, it's one thing if you kind of, if you kind of fall into the lap of a team that maybe is not in contention or whatever but when you you know it's funny when guys like this fall into teams that are in contention that that they seem to excel you know somewhat okay you see belichick do this right with the with the eagles (laughs) they usually goes out and finds that wily crafty veteran and then kind of hones him in and gets maybe you know two or three excellent years out of him a la randy moss randy moss yeah you know randy moss i mean they were ready to put him out to pasture right and then all of a sudden he just puts up 25 touchdowns so, yeah, which, or was it 23? Which, I can't remember, but yeah, which kind of to my point right now, you know, is if Julio Jones goes to Bill Belichick right now, I'm like, oh, well, you know, and he, he he's going to get some good run. People are going to say Julio looks good in a damn Patriots uniform, but going to this squad, um, I think this is something where we may look back at the end of the season. This dude's going to come in clutch when it comes to the division because it's a one game separation now, and the Commanders are two games back. I mean, I mean, this thing is is. Um, you know, second place in this division could be a wild card team. So I, I think I think it's a good get, and you know they got him cheap. <laughs> you know they got him cheap. Yeah, I, so it's funny you say that. Second place in division will definitely get the wild card. I think because it's either it's probably going to be Dallas, right? Uh, I, I don't want to get too ahead of our skis, but Philly looks uh, like they're the dominant team in in the East. So the wild card is prob- potentially going to go to Dallas because I don't see Dallas not making the playoffs. I don't see. I don't see six teams in the NFC better than Dallas. I just don't. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a, or at least current, not currently. Um, maybe, maybe two. I don't see six. Um, for me, I got San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas, then Detroit. And some people are flipping that. Some people are thinking that it might be Detroit or Dallas. Yeah. No way. No chance in hell. Not just yet. I still got Dallas there, man. Until. Until I see a Thursday night, or excuse me, until I see a Thanksgiving Day game between Dallas and Detroit, and Detroit just stomps the brakes and beats the brakes off of Dallas, I, I still got to say right now I got I got Dallas at three, and then Detroit maybe maybe at four. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, to me, I think Dallas makes the makes the the playoffs here. Um, they definitely get the wild card going into this thing, man. Um, 
yeah. it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough skis for Dallas, that's for sure. Philadelphia, I think, me, being able to make this acquisition, being able to get Julio Jones, you're locking in a you know a number three wide receiver, but of course it's a rental. It's only for one year. And how much, how much dominant will he actually be, or how dominate? How dominant will he be in the red zone, or how much of a factor will he actually be in the red zone? So I don't see him being able to carve too much stuff, you know, between the hashes here, or maybe maybe becoming, you know, a third down wide receiver, you know, yeah. being able to move the sticks every now and then. But he's not going to be too much of a dominant factor, at least I don't think. Yeah, yeah, not not starting out, uh, not starting out. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see how that grows or what what his role is going to be. I mean, that's a whole thing. You you acquire someone like this, you never know what the, what the intent is. But uh, I, I do want to ask you, Wags. I, I saw something. I think it was yesterday or this morning uh, on the Athletic. You know, they always do their power rankings and all the different things right there. And they they actually have after the loss, they have San Francisco as the number two team in the NFL with Miami mm-hmm. being the number one team in the NFL. That's I'd love it. your thoughts on that. I mean, because, um, yes, my, Miami, I mean, they look great, but I, I don't think I'm ready to hang that dude. on. Not many, not many teams are going to be able to outscore Miami, but I also think they're just it, – it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of sexiness from Miami, right? Like, there hasn't yes, been sir. too much defense right now, but they got so much speed. They have the, the fastest team in the NFL, right? And people think that two is playing exceptionally well and just throwing out of his gourd. I don't really know if he is because he was, you know, I talked about this two weeks ago. He he struggled against the Giants and he threw in a triple coverage, not just once, but twice. He did it two times. Yeah. So I don't know if he's actually reading the defense as well or seeing or seeing the defense after his post-snap reads. I I, I just don't it's in yeah. I don't want to take any credit away from him, but when you have that much fucking speed on the field, how do you not hit a wide open receiver, right? All you gotta do is just throw it to a spot and let the uh let the cheetah run and go get it. And then yep. you got Jalen Waddle, you know, making people crazy inside the the hashes, man. There's just so yep. much goddamn speed on the field for uh, Miami. It's hard for them not not to score. It's hard for it's hard for any defense to keep up with them when you got a 31 year old Raheem Mostert that's still you know scorching defenses as well on the ground. Man, that's tough to stop. Yeah, it really is. And that's that's the beauty of this right now because everything fluctuates so much. I mean, ha- had the 49ers not lost the other day, they'd still be number one. I, I mean, they would be number one in that power ranking. And, you know, with Philadelphia going down, and it, the same thing, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. They got Detroit number D's, three. All the Ds, Twitch. All the Ds. Yeah. Get it out, man. Detroit number three, Philadelphia number four, and then number five, uh, Kansas City. Uh, I'm thinking. Detroit yeah, Kansas. three and Philadelphia four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and again, I, I can't, these are I can't just get behind that. These are just people like us, you know, with opinions. You know, uh, opinions are you know, you know that old saying right there. Yeah, but, they're like yeah, asshole. Everybody's got one. It, but but I do. I, I mean, I I do think I do think that Detroit's a little bit better, dude. They're talking about Jared Goff and the fucking leading the MVP conversation right now. I mean, <laughs> who would have foresaw that? And and I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, I, I, mean, I think Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is playing exceptionally well. I think he's having one hell of a season. I thought he was looking great last year, playing for the Dan Campbell fighting, or excuse me, for the fighting Dan Campbells. Um, I, I I think uh, I think Goff has taken that ascension. Not he's not a tier one quarterback, but he's he's a quarterback that is at least tier two, right? He can he's not he's more than just a game manager he's a guy that can go out there and win you any damn ball game and i think he's better than i think he's just as talented as as justin herbert i think justin herbert gets all the sexiness just because he's got an elite arm but he still makes boneheaded plays. he makes he jared herbert is making the plays that jared golf made two years ago three years ago yeah 
Yeah, he is. And 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 I still go back to with Detroit. I mean, I, I love the fact that Detroit is good. I mean, simply because they have been bad for so long. For and years, for, for our yeah, lives, for that, generations. That's one of, yeah, that's just kind of one of those things to where it's like, great. But, I mean, look at this organization. I, I mean, I've mentioned it before. Brad Holmes, to me, needs to be the executive of the year executive of the year because i mean that first move he sends matthew stafford off yeah stafford goes and wins the super bowl and, and he ends up with jared goff and jared goff was a cast off you know ultimate failure draft bust i mean what whatever you want to use there as an adjective i guess that's right he took that. a lot of heat his first a couple of years of took a lot, a of, lot heat. of heat but this brad holmes dude he comes in here he's thrust into this job and there's a young dude on top of that he comes in and you take this franchise that has just been horrific over the years i mean you go back and you look at the matt millen days and all these different things it's like man what a what a shit show this is and now you look at detroit and it's like man they're one of the most solid teams if not franchises in the nfl and this is where i go back to dallas it's like dallas can't get their shit in one sock to where the the gm's making horrible decisions and uh, you know all of the the fixation is on all the random bullshit what detroit has done they've made that franchise better and that's that's how you build that's how you build a winner that's how you build a winner you know who else can build a winner who that covert bk yeah they can they Let's can. talk about them and our friends at Audiovisual Consultations before we get into some Longhorn talk. Yeah, they can. Uh, and the Coverts have been building winners for lots of years. Since 1909, they've been serving families across Central Texas, uh, South Texas. You have folks that come out of state. Uh, they've sold vehicles to people, people's people, people's people, people, and people's people, people, people. That's how long that family tree is of uh, longtime Covert customers. And Covert Bee Cave, uh, located on 42 acres out in beautiful uh, Bee Cave, out in the hill country there. Uh, three state-of-the-art dealerships, seven different brands of those vehicles with new and pre-owned uh, inventory specials that you can find at covertbeecave.com. Weekly specials there. Dive in and check it out. Uh, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chryslers, Dodge, Jeeps, and Rams. Uh, the, the Fords and the Chevrolets, you get them down 79 in Hutto, and the Fords and the Lincolns in Austin as well. Also servicing all makes and models of your vehicles uh, to make sure that uh, keep up with that maintenance right there. I was talking about having to send my car off yesterday day or monday man i had i had a stack this high of all the maintenance records and if you go to covert they're going to keep your car in tip-top condition because that's how you make them survive covertbcave.com check that stuff out stop by there say hello to dan covert and all the great folks i've been doing it since 1909 the covert family of dealerships covert b cave nobody beats a covert deal not now and sure as hell not ever my man wags no, they don't. I got three screens here. I'm trying to scroll through everything. That's okay. I'm, I'm reading the comments. Well, what we got for comments here? No, I, the first one I saw is right when we came on. It's like, welcome to the dark rooms. I, I kind of like that. My, my shit's dark. I mean, I have a light over here that I always forget to turn on. And- I like the. Uh, this is probably my favorite one so far because I was struggling to get the, the dominatrix type of word out or whatever. I just couldn't get dominant. I was hitting every facet of dominating here. Um, but yeah, and then it turned me into a little bit of a, a, a dominatrix type of a mentality when I saw, you know, dark lighting in your room there, my guy. Um, let's get into some Longhorn talk here. Uh, you want to talk about two excellent quarterbacks that will be showcased on Saturday. We got to talk about Smith and yours. You, you know, you, you talk about the if I if I go to if I go to give you numbers like 1,601 yards, 13 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Who am I talking about? 
Uh, Don't be looking at the stat sheet. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're talking about our guy. No, I'm talking about Smith. That's the oh. thing. Smith has better numbers than yours, man. Yeah. And that's mean- what I was talking about yesterday with Holgerson's offense. This team can light it up. Now, consider the yes. opposition who they've played, right, so far in this campaign, but it doesn't matter. Numbers don't lie. They can light this damn field up, man. Holgerson's always had an offense. Wherever he goes, he's got an offense that scores a lot of points. 35 to 40 points, they can get it going, man. And it's going to be tough for this defense. We talked about how they struggled against high-tempo off, or excuse me, a high-tempo offense like Oklahoma. That's got to be the game plan for Dana Holgerson and company going in, taking these, or excuse me, hosting the Longhorns coming into Houston on Saturday. Am I wrong? I totally agree. I mean, if they go back and they watch that game film and they do watch the struggles and the stubbing the toe and, and how Texas, how the defense just could not keep up with what Oklahoma was doing. I mean, that is absolutely what you go and do. And, you know, Donovan Smith, we talked about him yesterday. I mean, the, this this really is a guy right here. I mean, he's put the hurt on you once already last mm-hmm. season. I mean, here he comes. And, and I mean, you and these guys, I mean, we've heard the cuts. We've heard all of this. They want to win one game. They want to win one game, and and this is massive for them. And, and I keep hearing about, you know, it's going to be a Texas crowd and so forth. That's all well and good. None of that shit matters. It, it matters what happens on the field. And these guys, I, I mean, you are putting your best foot forward, and it is. I, I mean, anybody can figure this out. You go back and you watch a game film, and you figure out where Texas was lacking on defense against Oklahoma. That is absolutely what you're going to do, and make Texas stop you. Is, well, is, see, also, it was. It's funny. Like, like I think Smith's got a carve carve the Longhorns up in the middle of the field, right? Like the Longhorns gave up over 200 yards on the ground against Oklahoma too. Like a lot of people, a lot of people forget that. Like we think that we think that the Longhorns got torched all through the air. Now, look, that made them vulnerable, you know, being able to get hit vertically, but they were able to be carved inside and out because they just couldn't make tackles on a quarterback. Now, if yeah. they're making those, if they're making those same type of plays, if they're if they're having lack of execution against Houston, going up against Smith, Smith Smith will hurt you more uh, than Oklahoma did, or at least I think. Like Smith looked fantastic going up against West Virginia. Like I talked about how he played in the, in the fourth quarter against West Virginia. I don't think he missed a damn pass, and I mean no. that. That's that's not that's not a hyperbolic a hyperbolic statement rodney that's factual like i don't think he missed a pass in the fourth quarter against against uh west virginia so when this quarterback's dialed in and honed in he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the nation now of course i'm, I'm that's probably a hyperbolic statement there i'd have to go back and look at like the rankings on pff or or, or a site like that but I'd, I'd be interested to see where people have smith harold as a as a quarterback or or how high they have him touted as a national quarterback in a prospect level well, and I think that's one of those situations, Wags, to to where he's probably not going to be as high as he should be. I mean, for the simple fact of their record, you're going to go in there and start start talking about the wins. You know, to me, the West Virginia wins is big to them. I mean, that, that's their biggest win, obviously, to date right here. They they beat Tech, didn't they? I, I, I'm not looking at the schedule, but uh, uh, no, they lost. No, they, they lost the Tech. Lost okay, the they tech lost forty nine forty two. Okay. Okay. But I mean, I, I really think this is a guy and they got, a, they got two 200 yard rushers as well. Wags. I mean, th- this is a team right here. You can't undersell this team. You can't come in here. You can't play down to your competition. Like we keep talking about. And when I say play down, I don't mean that to insult Houston because I don't really think we know how good they are. Uh, I mean, uh, they, they should not be good enough to play with Texas, but 
If this game were at home, I think I'd have a whole different idea right here, man. But the, these guys are coming in, and, and seriously, dude, Donovan Smith concerns me a lot, a whole lot going into this game on Saturday. Yeah, he's nasty, dude. He can get it going. And, of course, you know, he's got excellent studs to throw to as well. You talked about how Brown was getting nasty and getting going a couple of weeks back. He's a very good compliment. You talk about, you know, wide receivers that have just as much speed as James Worthy. Nobody is as fast as James Worthy. There I go in. Xavier Worthy. Nobody's as fast as Xavier Worthy. Uh, But, look, James. Jenkins is, or excuse me, Brown is pretty damn fast as well. And then you talk about out of the backfield, Jenkins is a, a, a decent stud too, being able to tote the rock damn near 50 damn times and uh, almost 500 yards to show for it, or excuse me, almost uh, 300 yards to show for it. 242 is what he's actually got there. But this team just knows how to beat you and carve you up in the middle as well. But the high potent offense from Dana Holgerson is what scares me, man. If Texas can stay, can stay disciplined and be able to, dial up decent packages and have uh have good gap responsibility with just a three-man front and be able to uh be able to uh contain the quarterback and and allow them not to be out not to get outside and and yeah. outside of the tower outside the edge there I, I think t- I think it should bode well for Texas man you got to be able to have a base package and not be able to let this offense blow the doors off of you you got to be able to maintain high tempo uh defense as well you've got to be able to play with their high tempo offense. It's going to be tough. Like, it's a three touchdown line right now, and I don't know if I can agree with a three touchdown line. I would be shocked if Texas wins by ten, just because of how how high tempo the offense is. That's yeah. Just my I, I'm opinion. I'm kind of at thirteen for me with the ceiling on this ball game. Um, but they yeah. don't. They, that's the thing. Like, and Jake says, let let Anthony Hill get after it. Like. The the thing that Anthony, the only reason that Anthony Hill can get after it is if his defensive linemen hold up blocks. If he's That's able right. to, if the defensive line is able to take up the blocks of the offensive lineman and allow the linebackers to scrape, that's how Ant gets after it, man. Yeah. When, well, when linebackers can only play downhill if their defensive line do the job to keep them free so they don't get on blocks. Yeah. The, I mean, maybe it could be a three touchdown game because th- this team does give up a lot of. They do give up a lot of points, <laughs> even in the wins. Even in the wins, they do give up a lot of points right there. But but that's a whole thing. I mean, what happens on the other side? And the up-tempo is going to be the key for them, uh, hands down. I mean, if you can come out and establish that, I don't give a damn if it's Donovan Smith or, or who it is. I mean, if you can come out and you get that Texas defense on their on their heels and you know hands on the hips and all that other shit like we saw against Oklahoma, I mean, you're obviously going in the right direction. But on the other side, they, they do. They, they are going to give you a lot of points. And I would think with this offense, um, d- depending on, I, I, again, the game plan, I think we know what's going to happen. They're going to come out. You're, you're going to air it out to, to start this thing off. But, man, just, I mean, go, go ride your running back. I mean, we're seeing this dude. I mean, yeah, we talk about it a lot, right? To establish the run early, especially yeah, in the games. But that just, that's go, not Sark's forte. That. You know, Sark's going to come out here. He's probably going to, you know, He's going to give you the swing pass to the yes. worthy, you know, yes. try and isolate him, get First him point. in space. We've seen the scripted playbook. We know what the hell's coming. I, I too would like to change the pace. I too would like to see at least two runs right off the bat with Jonathan Brooks, just trying to establish dom- dominance, get into a third and three situation, convert that third down, and then have the offense up and running. Then go into your high tempo offense, Rodney. Yeah, then start man. making the, you know, the defense of the Cougars start to work a little bit, start to allow them to get gas. That's how you start turning, you know, three yard drives or excuse me, uh, three play drives into 10, 10 play sustaining drives that turn into uh, that turn into touchdowns, man. 
Yeah, and that's the whole thing. I mean, even with this defense that we're talking about that's given up a lot of points, I mean, give me give me second and six. Give me second and five, not second and ten. I mean, you should convert second and ten anyway. Past but, two weeks. Past two weeks, it's been it's been second and ten or second and twelve. Second and ten. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you lost yards. Uh, I mean, so, I mean – if if you scout this team, we're talking about watching film and all the different things that Houston can do. If you watch Texas film and you know the tendencies of what Sark does with this offense, I mean, if you look at this, if you turn around and hand this ball to Jonathan Brooks on the first play of the game, shit, he might take it to the house because nobody's going to be expecting that because you never fucking do that. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I just think Hey, that. man, I, and I hate saying the shotgun draw. I can't stand the damn shotgun draw. But, oh, my God, man, if you're – if you're going to line back there and, and, you know, put Jonathan Brooks in a shotgun formation, right, and then have a – or, excuse me, you're going to come out in your pistol formation or whatnot, my God, maybe just do a damn shotgun draw and, and shock the hell out of the whole entire yes. nation. Maybe that turns into yes. a 27-yard gallop. That, that's what they – I mean, because nobody, nobody would ever think it because we know. It's it's like clockwork. I mean, it's even one of those things where when it happens against OU and you have a loss and it's like, well, that's okay. You kind of expected that. But – Man, just just hand this damn thing off. Establish this, um, a game, and, and, and that's and, and what, and what, point, and, and what does that do, Wags? You establish a running game. All that shit on the outside, all these you know jet sweeps and screens and shit over the middle, dude. Then you establish a running game first. That stuff is gravy, dude. Against well, this defense, well, it opens it up naturally for right because it it's, it has it or it makes the defense stay you know, stay true to it and they have to, you know, stay sucked into the, to the inside. And then all of a sudden they get influenced. Once they're influenced inside, you beat them with the speed around there with James worthy kidding with Xavier worthy. He goes around the end, you tear that up. Or then maybe you start throwing your screen passes, getting in some isolated one-on-ones, right? Then the defense gets sucked up, Rodney. Imagine this, imagine this concept. The defense starts getting sucked up and sucked in to the, to the flats. Oh my God. What happens next? Bust them open with the vertical play. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm a guy sitting here in a chair with a with a cutout behind me. So I mean, there's a good reason why people probably don't listen to my mindset or you know listen to my my play calling ability. I just I feel like I feel like football gets overcomplicated sometimes, especially especially in in modern day football, right? Fourth and one situations, third and one situation, or or excuse me, first and goal inside the five. Why the hell are you wasting three or four snaps or two or three snaps? Go like trying this. To get to the outside doing doing jet sleeps and shit. Just run and inside the mention, tackle. Go like this. Stand up. Do your hands like this. Get under that dude's ass. And, and just and, lean forward. Yes. Lean forward. Tom Brady did it for 20 years. Yes. Tom Brady did it for 20 years, and he got a lot of touchdowns and a lot of first and downs that way. That's what's so frustrating is, is as much as, as football – I mean, we love football. Uh, but as much as it's changed to where now even in the NFL – with with you know these zone read offenses and all the different it's like man every now and like i told you the other day dude when i was doing that football game last week on friday night and the mcneil quarterback kept getting under center i'm like holy moly look at this he's under center and you know how deep your knuckles are wags every time that kid got under center and needed one or two yards he fucking got him I'm he sure, got him man. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. So, what are your takeaways on set? What do you think is going to have to happen? To long, here, I mean, we talked about the Longhorns, off. right? What will yeah. the what will the Cougars have to do to maintain at least some type of rev, you know, uh, relevance and relevancy in this game? Because I, I, again, it's 
Right now it's 23 and a half. I don't think it's good for, for 24 points. Um, I think Holgerson and company will come out and shot. I mean, this is like I, I just got done talking about a team that scores 30 points a game. I don't know if they'll be able to get 30 against this defense. If they if the defense played like they did against Saturday and don't make tackles in the middle and, and aren't able to tackle Smith or they're not able to tackle Jenkins, it's going to be a long day for the Longhorns. I, I agree that they, they, they should again, should not be able to stop the Texas offense. If we're going on prior history here, I mean, I know they had the, the UTSA game there, I think was a 17 to 14, kind of a defensive thing right there. But UTSA, just uh, no offense to my man, Bobby Chaffee, UTSA is just not what they have been in the past right now. Um, but but that they should not be able to stop this Texas offense. So, so if the Texas offense goes out and asserts itself, whether they try to establish the run first Rice or not. put up 41 on them, man. But that was in the first, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I really think that, if I'm them, uh, them, if I'm Houston, I mean, what, what you got to do is you got to go and you got to do exactly what we're talking about. You got to go out there up tempo and you got to try to light up the scoreboard just as much as you can, because I, I just, I, I just don't see their defense is going to be able to contain um, the, the Texas offense. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in this game, but I I would hope I would hope if you're the if you're the Texas program that you're using some of this uh, you know we we got to win one game I hope you're using this shit as motivation because you, you need to go out and and you need to reestablish yourself I know you lost to OU in a top five ten matchup whatever it was but you got to go get yourself in front of the nation again and remind them how good you really are I don't care if it's I, Houston I think, or who you're playing I think people still I don't think people are out there thinking that Texas is fake or Texas is is a you know a phony team i think i do think we got a little bit of the hype of course you know in in the beginning of the season i don't know if we were a legitimate number three it was nice to have that ranking while it was there um but when you play as down as you played against you know oklahoma or you just inconsistent and not execute it's kind of hard to you know, to maintain that that third you, ranking or or to back up that that ranking of a number three, right? Um, we talked about what Dana's Dana Holgerson's gonna have to do, how he's gonna have to be able to 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 keep a high potent offense or a high tempo offense. Let's hear what he has to say um on his thoughts on how to uh beat Texas. There, there's there's not enough time in this press conference to explain all the challenges that Texas brings. They're a complete team. Um, you know, they've had two weeks coming off a Lost Oklahoma. I can only imagine what their mindset is. Um, they've been dominant all season, um, but to have two weeks coming off that game, I'm sure they're they're going to be about as motivated as anybody in college football coming to Houston on on Saturday afternoon. So, um, you know, they're they're good everywhere. They're big everywhere. Um, they're talented everywhere. They're very deep. It's it's you know so yeah. you know we'll be excited about about playing this game. We hadn't we hadn't played them in twenty years, and you know our our fan base obviously is going to be excited. To, it's going to be sold out. You know, haven't had a sellout here in a long time. Um, you know, and just the quality opponent coming in. I mean, they're good everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Um, on and they're good on all three sides. So there's it's it's it's, it's far and away our biggest challenge yet this year. So yeah, Dana. I mean, Dana hit it right off the head. Like the long, he does have one hill of, you know, just just one hill of a climb or one hell of a climb um, on Saturday, man. 
look, he what that wasn't you know hyperbolic. That wasn't coach speak. The Longhorns are outstanding everywhere, man. There's a reason why they are touted as as one of the best teams in the nation here. And he, he touched on it a little bit. Houston hasn't played you know Texas in 20 years. Uh, yeah. Dana has been you know being at you know That's under good. the regime of. Uh, uh, of Leach and being able to, you know, to play the Longhorns at, you know, at, at West Virginia when he was the head coach for the Mountaineers. So Dana's familiar with, with the Longhorns, but it's been 20 years since these two teams have played. He mentioned that it's going to be a sellout crowd, a raucous crowd there, probably a lot of Texas uh, yeah, Longhorns that have been going to be traveling <laughs> down there as well, man. But it's going to be one hell of a game. It's going to be tough for him uh, to keep up with this Longhorn offense as well. You talked about how they struck Houston struggles to stop anybody. Um, but if the Longhorns play that championship caliber defense, the, the Cougars being able to score 30 points per, per game, that's probably going to dwindle down a little bit. I could yeah. see them getting maybe 14 to uh, to 21 points off this Longhorns defense, though. It's 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 pretty simple. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. Uh, I mean, Texas needs to, to head there. Uh, it's a business trip. Go execute. Go execute. Uh, I mean, like like Holgerson was talking about right there. I mean, they're good in all. Well, they're good in 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 two phases and 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 okay in special teams. It seems to be getting better. Still, we'll call it good. But I, I mean, if you go there and you execute what you were capable of doing, you you should not have a problem with this. I mean, I know you know we keep going back to the Wyoming game where folks are like, well, they struggle with Wyoming. Well, yeah, Wyoming was good. They struggled with Rice. That one concerns me more. <laughs> that one concerns me more. And, and that's where when you come into this game right here, uh, I mean, it, it's just uh, play play to your, not standard, we've already had that conversation, play to your capability, just execute. I've had football coaches over the years, I've had, had way back when, and it's like, just execute. Just execute what we have a game plan. This is a game plan, and it can be the simplest game plan of them all. But if you execute what you were trained to do during the week, you're going to be just fine. And they should be just fine. But down to make tackles, man. That's, yeah, I mean that. That's the other thing. I mean, don't be surprised. If you would have won, won the damn game in Oklahoma. Or you would have won the game up in Dallas if against Oklahoma. If you would have just uh, it, broke down and made fucking tackles that's and i don't think i mean if, if we get into like with with rice with with ut and rice i mean if we get to 16 to 3 at the half you know what adjust come out in the second in the second half and just take care of business just take care of business we've been talking that's about what uh what houston does well we heard from dana holgerson let's hear from sarkeesian on his thoughts about houston let the bye week kind of trickle into game week and so it was important for us today to go out and have a good practice um, with the right mental intensity the right focus um, which I think the guys did because it, that's what it's going to take you know, th this football team we're getting ready to play has an experienced quarterback which we all know uh, all too well uh, Donovan Smith in in the transfer from tech and how he played against us a year ago uh, and the challenges that he's he presents um, you know, obviously two great returners, uh, you know, with, with Golden and Fleming in the kick return game and the punt return game, uh, a very active defense on the defensive front uh, with what they do with Caesar coming off the edge. And so yeah. um, all in all, uh, we, know, we know this team presents a lot of challenges. I think one thing I've been impressed with with, with Coach Holgerson's team is how they've improved throughout the year. Um, obviously had a great game Thursday night, a very exciting game, which we had a chance to watch. 
uh, one that they had in hand, kind of slipped away and then were able to make the play at the end to win it. So we know we've got a confident football team that we're going to play against uh, in a sellout game on the road. Um, and so we've got to prepare uh, for the opportunity that lies ahead, which uh, I think our guys are well underway with that starting this morning. I want to hear one more from Sarkeesian, too. He's talking about how to defend a two-minute offense or like a high-tempo offense, right, which is what they're going to see from this Cougars offense, right? And it's what they struggled to see when Oklahoma went into the high-tempo two-minute offense that we saw two Saturdays ago. You know, from a two-minute standpoint, you know, as I went back and watched that that, that last drive and a couple of these drives, I think one – we have to t- we have to improve our tackling in two minute. You know, um, I think it was the second play of that drive two weeks ago. We had an opportunity to get the receiver down in bounds, um, and we we don't leverage the ball very well. You know, we don't get them on the ground. You let the receiver get out of bounds. Well, when you get out of bounds, you can stop the clock. Now teams can run whatever play they want to run. So I think. One thing is to zone drop right. Another is to is to keep your pass rush lanes clean, which is something that we talked about. And then the third component to that is you have to tackle well. Um, and so all that added up to in the end of the, that drive, which I think is is mightily important, and it, it kind of came up in the middle of the drive too. Our communication's got to be on point. So all those things add up to. I'm not 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 that hey you, we. As coaches, we always want to make the perfect call and the best call, and, and I get all that. But at the end of the day, we still have to execute the call. And there's a lot of levels to execution, um, one of which is communication, everybody on the same page. Two is doing our job, man, zone coverage, pass rush lanes. But then three, we, we still have to continue to tackle. We can't relax. And I thought that those were a couple areas where uh, I think we can improve. That was That was one. Yep. That, that was good for easy on the two minute on how they defend the two minute offense. But yeah, it, it it's exactly what you just said. It's tackling, like making sure that you execute, right? What you were talking about a little bit earlier as well, execution. Um yeah. Coach PK, Coach Sark, a lot of them took or these guys took heat a couple of weeks ago because they thought that or excuse me, pundits or or fans didn't think that the players were in the right position to make the plays. A few times. A few yeah. times they were they we're kind of out coached a little bit, but sure. for the most part, they were all in the right spot. They just did not execute and make the plays. That's not Sarkeesian throwing people under the bus, throwing players under the bus. That's just being factual. If you go back to the eye in the sky and look at the game film, players were in position to make the plays. They just did not break down and make tackles. And That's it turned right. into, you know, seven, 10 more yards on the field to gain instead of, you know, being able to stop the field and get the damn defense off the field or stop yeah. the ball and get the defense off the field. Um, you know, I, to me, if you make those plays and stop, you know, stop Gabriel, you win the damn game. You can't allow Smith to be able to take advantage of this too, or take advantage of missed tackles, or he's just going to carve you up all over the damn field on Saturday too. You think you got a twenty-three and a half point spread right now? You think that's good enough? Well, if you don't play defense, if you if you don't execute on Saturday like you did two weeks ago, that that spread ain't going to mean shit because you're probably going to lose the game. Wrong team favored. Well, and the whole thing is, don't come out flat. I mean, what he's talking about right there, it, it seems the mindset he says the mindset is right, you know, as, as they've started game prep and so forth, that, that all of that seems to be in, in, in the right, uh, you know, on the right path for what we're doing right here. I mean, that that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Texas come out and look flat. And I don't give a damn if it's against Oklahoma, Rice, Houston, uh, Lanier High, or whatever, that this team should not come out flat. I mean, this yeah, why, team- And I don't understand why you're playing flat, like, or, or why there's a potential for you to play flat. Game. Um, not just, you know, after you lose 
after you lose against Oklahoma and you heard, you know, Holgerson say, you know, I can imagine what their, you know, how their mentality is going to be after the loss against Oklahoma. They're probably going to come out and fire on all cylinders and be ferocious. Right. Um, like I like, and a lot of people say like, oh, it's a, you know, letdown game. How the hell can this be a letdown game? Matter of fact, uh, let's hear from Sark on how you're going to be able to play with an edge this week. We're at our best, you know, and I, I said this coming in the season when we do play with an edge, you know, when we, when we do play with a chip on our shoulder, when we do, when we play like we've, you know, we've got something to prove. And I, I think it goes without saying we've got something to prove uh, in the second half of the season. Um, and we know they're all going to be very challenging games. Like I said, and it starts this Saturday at Houston. They're going to be excited for the ball game. Uh, that was a big win for them. And like I said, I think they've improved each game as, as they move forward. So we got to make sure that we get our, our mental intensity right. And that starts in practice. That starts in our meetings uh, that we're really dialed into the details of the plan of, of what we're doing so that we can on Saturday at 3 o'clock go cut it loose and, and play our, our style, our, our brand of football, which is loose, uh, which is confident. Um, but you can get you get that way because of your preparation, and um, we we got to make sure that we have that edge starting this morning and then carry it on throughout the week so that we can perform that way on Saturday. If if your if your mindset is a damn national championship, why you should the never hell be aren't flat. you playing with an edge every fucking week? Right. That that's you you. Uh, I mean, I've been there. It was a long time ago, but you you can you can practice. I mean, you can practice and have the the most in, intensive practices and aggressive practices and all this different shit. But you know, if you get to the stadium on Saturday at three o'clock, like he's talking about, and you come out and you're you're tripping over your dick. I mean that that all of that practice and all all of that. I mean all of that aggress- does you no good. I mean, come, they should every game. They should come out firing on all cylinders if they have that, which they do. I'm not questioning that. You're not going to be a championship team if you don't have a championship mentality. What's that? I said you're not going to be a championship team if you don't have a championship mentality. You don't enter a fight thinking that you're going to get your ass kicked. You don't go into the next week's practice lethargic and thinking, oh, we got this fucking win. You don't do that. Yes. Excuse me, I've been I've dropped like three f bombs today. I'm sorry about that, but no, no, none of the I don't care passion. Get a little we, passion we, here. We we can look at the remainder of the schedule and say, oh, the hard parts out of the way. Got OU out of the way. Got Alabama so, out of the way. I don't think He's, it is because you still got the chance. If if you want to be in the in the Big Twelve championship, you got to approach every game like it's championship week. Well, d- during the season, I mean, we could say, you know, well, Houston ain't that good. I guarantee you they're going to be real fucking good on Saturday. Yeah, they're going to get up for the Longhorns. They're all going to be it's good. Been 20 years I mean, since the program's been played. And, and, you know, Dana Dana nonchalantly threw that out there, right? Like, oh, well, you know, the programs don't – this program doesn't really know Texas that well. Bull crap. Bull crap. Maybe, maybe 20 years since the program hasn't played Texas, but he's known Texas. He knows that that Smith knows Texas because he played him last year as well. So there's not going to be too much of a surprise to understand what Texas is going to give you on Saturday. They yes. know that they're a champion. He's already said it, he, or he's already mentioned it. You know, they're, they're great on all three facets of the ball. And, and there's just, you know, there's hard to find a vulnerability in any spot there. Of course, two weeks ago, they didn't make tackles, so that's what right. he's going to be trying to exploit. I would like to think that he's going to try and spread them out and then try and gouge the middle of the field. That's usually what Holgerson does to the Texas defense. Well, and, and I love what he's doing right there. He's telling Texas how good they are. Oh, man. Yeah, you get them up. Let them believe yeah, it. Get the new ring. You guys are great in all three phases. The game starts, and they're in this high-tempo offense and doing all this shit like Oklahoma did and going right down the field. Uh, you, you've accomplished your mission, Dana Holgerson. 
You have done what you intended to do. You reminded them how good they are, and they listened to you. And um, look, I mean, it, it should be a two-touchdown win, at least. But let me tell you, I mean, say what you want. I've, I've heard, I've talked to people during the week, ah, Houston ain't worth the shit. They're going to be okay. They're going to be hot. Okay. They're going to be hot, that's for sure. Hey, you know what else is hot? Audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. You will get the hottest tech in audiovisual automation, that's for sure. The Sonos surround sound, the LG TVs that you want, some Samsung TVs that you want as well. Make sure you're calling Tom McKay and the crew up, 512-255-8678, to understand what you want in your house you might want to check out their gallery of projects that they've had over the past 35 years as well. AVConsultations.com can provide that, gives you an idea of any type of, of setup that you want. I got the two the two flat screen TVs that you guys can see right here. And then downstairs, I got that dream theater that I've been telling you. I got to take you on a tour downstairs as well one day. But anyways, I'll put the gallery, of, I'll put a few pictures that I have uh, of my house that they've done on their website as well so you guys can see what's going down. Make sure that you guys give them a call right now, 512-255-8678. The very best in setting the standard at audiovisual consult or audiovisual automation. It is audiovisual consultations. All right, yep. let's talk about Blue Heron real quick before we get out of here and get Hardball Harge on here with Hanging yep, with yep. Great Blue Heron Furniture, uh, custom leather furniture company since 1991, focusing on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics, ranging from those traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And this is some amazingly beautiful stuff. Uh, you cannot and will not find more stylish, more comfortable, more well-built. The quality is unbelievable uh, than you're going to find with uh, Great Blue Heron Furniture. There's a link in the YouTube video description. It will take you to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. Yep, we got our own collection. Also, we got our own merch, too, as well. So uh, things are uh, booming here at the uh, at the uh, TSU headquarters. Uh, and if you use that promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off your purchase with Blue, uh, Great Blue Heron Furniture. If you're looking for the furniture that uh, it, it looks amazing, and it's built, you know, with the utmost quality. Look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. Click that link or call them at 866-247-9688. And WAGS, we also got to throw out, uh, don't forget the code of text line is up there as well. One one quick F1 note. I had, I've got, got some Twix messages that they like the little Formula One tidbits. Here's something to watch this week. Mercedes is coming in. They put a new floor on those cars. They're rolling in with new floors. Last week, or the last race in Qatar, you had George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. They got together on lap number one, um, and and Mercedes is trying trying to trying to chase down Ferrari with McLaren coming. So look for the Mercedes change. See if it improves their performance, and see if they have anything for Red Bull coming up at Coda. Oh, ah, you're muted, my man. You are muted, my friend. You're cussing away and you're There muted. I am. I am just cussing everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining Chaos 3. We got to get out of here. We are way over our time right now, a minute late. Let's bring in Hardball Hards right now to get his pretty face on here. What's look, look at, that. at that? Look at that. Look at that pink. Beautiful. What is, is that that color? Color? Look at that. Hey, man. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, bro. Love it. Breast Cancer about. Awareness Month, man. You got to wear pink on Wednesdays. I was told I work in healthcare and they told me wear pink on Wednesdays. That's what your boy does. Yep. Well, you just influenced me, man. I'll be wearing me pink too. on Wednesdays moving forward for this one, uh, going for this month. Thank you so much for everybody watching Chaos Theory. It is time for the one and only Mike Hardball Hards. It is hanging with Hards. We're out of here later.